Music and art are an expression of an artist's perspective on life. They shape our own perceptions of reality and help us develop an appreciation for the world around us. Connect with creatives of every nature to understand and deepen your connection to their work on the Evoked Podcast. Hello, I'm Alicia Dale with the Evoked Podcast. Today, we're welcoming George Berlin of George Berlin Studios. Welcome. Hi. George, you refer to yourself playfully as a creative genius. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that. How did you establish this creative work that you do? And, and please describe for us what it is that you're working on now and what you're doing. Well, I'm pretty sure I, as a true creative person, I stole that title from someone else. <laughs> um, friend of mine, somebody I knew had, a, had it on their card. I was like, that's kind of a clever uh, title. But, you know, uh, part of why I do that is just what we design is, uh, it's so all-encompassing. Immersive art is more than just saying, I'm a motion artist or a designer or an illustrator or a storyteller. You know, it's it's so many things. It's It's kind of... Uh, tough for people to understand what we do with just a label on. It's like calling you a writer. <laughs> so describe you know, immersive art. I mean, that it's include, encompasses video and it's large scale and you often shoot on the sides of buildings. Talk about that. So a, a big part of what uh, appeals to me about what I do is the immersive part is it's live. People can enjoy it in person. It surrounds them. Um, it's multi-sensory. You know, some of what we do, you almost can't avoid experiencing it when you're there. It's it's so big, and uh, we do uh, projection mapping on buildings like the Chicago uh, Merchandise Mart building. We've done things like that. We've done performances with uh, really huge-scale visuals and live dancers or orchestras playing the music to the score. So it's it's about making an experience and a, a, a huge experience that just surrounds you and and uh, sort of takes over your existence while you're there. <laughs> this is part of how I like to put it. I've heard you describe it as music for the eyes. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of, um, it's it's like, uh, I'm going to start that whole thing over again because I totally got lost. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, we call it music for the eyes because it's, it's really um, about taking visuals and an experience and making it... Uh, something that really uh, reaches out and touches people that sort of overwhelms them with feeling. And, and you know, part, a lot of what we do is very musical. And I, the part I like about it is that it's so appealing to people from all walks of life. We do things in, in different countries, you know, people, people speaking 10 different languages are seeing what I'm creating. And it's, it's a way to reach people uh, no matter who they are with what we do. So that's... And they're all sharing in the same experience, regardless of language barriers or lifestyles. And you've been all over the world. Taiwan, um, Australia, are you, have you gone or are you on your way? Uh, I was in Australia when we did our project there. Uh, I didn't actually get to see it happen when we were done because the, the pandemic shut a few things down. But uh, mm. we were we were in uh, Taiwan during the pandemic. I was walking around like a normal person because they had it under control there. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Um, you know, it, being worldwide, it really can just reach anybody, and, and that's really part of what we like about it. Well, and also you have a, a stable uh, uh, exhibit in Denver, isn't that right? Yeah, we just debuted in Colorado Springs a permanent public art projection wow. on a mural by L. Mack, who's an, an amazing public artist. You, if you've seen his work, it's a lot of times it's these big heads with really, um, really intricate 
uh, line work into them, all these patterns that move around inside of it. So it's a, like a really amazing piece in the daytime. And then at night, we've added an entirely new story to it. Um, it's part of an experience called Adaman Alley in Colorado Springs. Based on a club called the Adaman Club, they climb Pikes Peak uh, at midnight on New Year's Eve every year for the last hundred years they've been doing this. And, you know, when it's freezing and uh, and they blow off fireworks, that's their their whole thing. So the the mural is uh, a little boy, which is actually his son, uh, looking up at the fireworks, and we've added a whole story along with it that's uh, about all the nature as you travel up Pikes Peak. So from the beginning, it goes at the bottom of the mountain. You see different uh, animals and wildflowers as you would go up the mountain because people are crazy about nature and hiking out there. <laughs> so it's it's basically the heart of a whole uh, placemaking experience in Colorado Springs. That's fascinating. <clears throat> How did you embark upon this creative lifestyle? How did you get started? I got started uh, in creativity. I was I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, so when I was probably seven or eight years old, some friends of mine had those little um, illustrated classics books like Moby Dick and Around the World in 80 Days kind of thing. And uh, they were drawing little flip books in the margins because they had these really, really big margins. And so that was like hooked me on on art when I was a kid is like making little men, little stick men run each other over with tanks and things. <laughs> so it was kind of, a, you know, like the magic of, of art and motion when I was really young. And uh, from there, it just turned into, you know, wanting to draw all the time. Uh, eventually, I went to school for animation. Uh, I was doing hand-drawn animation. I did a series of uh, animated biographies of famous artists for probably five or ten years um, in Chicago. And then uh, projection mapping was kind of something I got into on accident. <laughs> I, uh, I was looking up uh, some technical thing about, like, map making, like, globes. And uh, I, I got some of my terminology wrong, and I found something like projection mapping, and I said, oh, what is, what is this? Like, this is something I really, really wanted. Uh, I was already interested in. I didn't know what it was called, <laughs> honestly. Uh, and as we know now, like, search terminology is very important to finding anything. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was just something I was really excited about. Um, I, I looked it up, like everything I could devour on, and I was like a, a little kid who found like a like a new superhero or something. I, I just learned everything I could about it, and it was only it was probably not even ten years ago that I started in this in this area. But I I had been in you know motion design for uh, commercials and other things long before that. But it was just it was something I was really excited about, and I really wanted to to do. And it's it's not an easy field to get into just because of the scale and the and the scope of what you need to do to actually make it. You were also quite inspired by space when you were around that age. Isn't that true? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, I had all the moon landing pictures uh, up on the wall when I was a kid, like National Geographic photos. I, I, I think for the longest time, my dream was to uh, drive a dune buggy on the moon. Like, how freaking cool would that be? That'd be so cool. <laughs> I know, right? Yes. <laughs> like, just to be, I, I, I couldn't imagine I mean, what it's like for these guys to stand on another planet you know it's not a planet i guess but you know to stand on another body in space is just the craziest idea that you can possibly think of well and you look at it from i mean we've heard a lot about the science of landing on the moon and of course you're interested in that but the creativity of it as well and the possibility and that really inspires a lot of your work Isn't oh that yeah true? yeah and, it, and it's just you know when i i did a project in 2019 that was um themed around the 50th anniversary of the moon landings. And I actually, I did a couple of projection stories around the world. I did one in Romania on the Palace of Parliament, and, and I did another one in 
uh, Cincinnati at a festival called Blink that like several million people saw. Um, and it was just, you know, in researching that, it's it's not just, you know, let's make some rockets and get it up there. Like the creativity they had to have <laughs> to conceive of how to do that. Uh, you know, some of the things I, I read about it were like, you know, they had a, a satellite that was taking pictures of the moon's surface, and then it would beam them back where they would print them out. And, and these uh, scientists, like, rented out uh, a, an abandoned church because they needed somewhere big enough. They did, like, one 20th scale map of the moon on paper <laughs> that, like, they laid out in this room to, to look at it, to map things out. I mean, and just, you know, the, all the technical challenges they had to overcome, like the creativity to get there is what is so inspiring and just kind of insane when you think about it. <laughs> it really is. Did you come from a family of creators? You, you know, I'm, my parents used to joke that I was adopted because, <laughs> you know, n- nobody else in my family really made art. Um, all of my sisters, uh, I have, I have six sisters, by the way, and I'm the youngest. Um, all of my sisters played the piano, you know, it was like a thing, you, you know, you rent the piano lady and she just teaches everybody. Everybody took piano, but me, I'm the only musician, <laughs> maybe because I didn't have to go, you know, and you play the cello, yeah. correct? I play the upright bass, actually, ah, the upright bass even bigger you. and more inconvenient to, to carry around. <laughs> But yeah, it's you know I, I was kind of the uh, the fluke in the family, I guess. <laughs> so since you didn't come from a, a family of creators or artists, and you know sometimes people think, oh, my kid wants to study this, and they're concerned. What what advice would you give to those children <laughs> and to the parents to let them pursue their passions? You know, my my uh, my parents and I had had the discussion a couple times. So so what's the, what's you going to do for a real job if this doesn't work out? <laughs> Um, it, that may have inspired me why I'm a commercial artist as opposed to a, a painter. You know, they, I think my parents had had the vision of me uh, on the street corner with uh, paintings, five dollars, and I'll also take your leftovers if you have any because I'm starving. Uh, <laughs> and so, that clearly didn't happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, do I look starving to you? <laughs> um, but you know, I I think my you know my parents were as supportive as they as they can be. I think they. Mm-hmm. They made sure that I, I was interested in creativity. Um, you know, it's uh, art supplies aren't cheap. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, I understood that creativity, you still need to take care of yourself. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, very tenacious about business because, I you know, I feel like if I'm going to be creative, I should be rewarded for that as, you know, with my life, <laughs> as how I, how I live. And I think a lot of people could use that attitude of like, you know, I, my, one of my favorite quotes I heard somewhere was that, um, you know, creative people aren't selling out the, the corporations that pay you to do things are like, we desperately need creativity, (laughs) you know, and and it's, it's a, I think it's a hugely valuable asset that people don't talk about. Um, you know, and I, I used to tell people, you know, what, what do you think people do? What do you think rich people do on vacation? <laughs> they go to a nice restaurant. They go to an art museum. They go somewhere that's been designed by a person, <laughs> a creative person. Like, we, we'd run the world. And I think it was really obvious uh, in the pandemic, especially. I mean, people were dying for, for, like, creativity and connection and beauty in their lives. That's so true. Did you find creative mentors along your path since your your family couldn't couldn't didn't have the capacity get, to give that to you? Did you find them in other sources in I, other ways? I absolutely found them. I uh, I was just thinking of this the other day. I had an art teacher who I think has passed away, but I I know his son a little bit. 
I'll, I'll even say his name. His name was uh, Eugene Kimura. He was a, a, a Hawaiian Japanese art teacher we had at school. And I remember um, they had a, an art club that they started up. And, the, you know, the first meetup was like 12 people. And then <laughs> the second meetup was like me and two other people. And then the third meetup was like me <laughs> and and him and he still kept it going and i was like man you know like that guy may have saved my life i mean he may have made me like what i have everything because of that <laughs> and it's you know like people forget about how important that is to just uh encourage people you know like that guy helped me out so much <laughs> encourage people and also keep showing up so what i'm hearing from you is not to give up yeah Thank yeah i mean it's you know even even the field that i'm in of projection mapping is uh, it's it's not easy to get into because <laughs> I tell people you know anybody can uh, be a video you know video editor or a designer you know you get gets a laptop some software you know to, just to do one of the things I do somebody's got to spend a hundred thousand or more just just to have the equipment to show what I'm doing <laughs> uh, and so it's not it's not easy to just jump in and and say I'm going to try this out um, there there's some really nice resources to help people get started there's um, projection mapping festivals that are sort of uh, competition-based, so people can put in entries, try it out. You can, you can get shown on a building. There's places that have, uh, like, residencies and workshops for, for young people where you get to show your work on a building, which is absolutely amazing the first time you do it. Uh, the first projection mapping I saw was my own <laughs> in person. <laughs> so that's really exciting in that respect that, uh, you know, it's, a, it's not easy to get into. So, it you know, I tell people, especially when you're, uh, working for yourself is pick something you really like and really care about because all work is hard. <laughs> and if you're going to work really hard on something, make sure it's something you care about because you're going to have to get up and do it like every day when you work for yourself. I so agree with that. What would you, how do you continue just reinventing and recreating yourself and your work? And I agree with you that it's so important in, in the world today and this is what we need. So talk to me a little bit about the creative thought process. Excellent. I'm going to cough real quick, so hold on. <clears throat> so my creative thought process. Um, I think I think the hardest part about uh, continually evolving create creatively is um, finding new places to look for inspiration. <laughs> mm. Can be tough. Uh, you know, when I was in Taiwan, I got a lot of inspiration from nature. Because I was I was in a mountain village for five months uh, and with not a lot of people that speak English, so <laughs> it was me and and some really nice light and and plants, and um, you know I, I got a lot of inspiration from nature. A lot of the the projects I've done lately have been really ecologically inspired. So um, you know I, I think it takes more than uh, sitting at your laptop looking at things and going hey, what can I what can I make today or what are other people making. Um, but I also feel that looking at my peers, looking at people in other creative fields is really interesting. Like, uh, you know, I work with a really great writer who helps write some of my some of my work. You know, we, we love writers. <laughs> but, um, you know, but I also look outside to like uh, people who do installations with string or paper. Paper artists are ridiculously amazing, like paper cutters. Oh, man. <laughs> Just the, the things they can create, the the... The level of detail, the the design thought that they put into what they do is is just like so inspiring. It's a completely different art, but it's uh, it's kind of like a mindset of um, 
wanting to stay inspired, which I think is is probably the hardest part of what I do is is having to get up every day and say, well, I, I may not have sold something to that I was pitching yesterday, but um, you know, we're going to try to find a new way to do something interesting today, uh, and and just being curious, I think, helps a lot. And you are actually going to be doing some cover music later, isn't that correct? I am. I I started a new project. I don't know, a couple months ago. Um, I was just I wanted to make some music, and I I didn't want to worry about writing good music myself. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you know how this works when you when you have to say, well, I'm going to start something from from nothing and it's going to be great. Uh, there's a lot of pressure <laughs> to, to do something great. And we, we feel that all the time. Um, so I just wanted to, to learn some new things about writing music and arranging other people's music. And so I said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to pick some songs I really like and figure them out. <laughs> and uh, you know, ask a few people that I know to sing on them because it's a great way to connect with awesome people I know. So we're picking, um, <coughs> we're, How fun. We're, we're picking uh, songs like uh, Nine to Five or Funky Town, you know, things that are uh, some songs that have meaning to me. Like I picked a song that my wife really likes. I'm, don't tell her about it yet because she doesn't know. Um, but, you know, also like Funky Town for some reason is a song my dad really liked when I was a kid. <laughs> Um, and I'm, you know, I just want to record some interesting music and, and, you know, uh, play around and have no pressure and just kind of have fun. And, you know, my plans with it are just to, uh, get some people that I know to sing on it. Like my friend who's an opera singer, is going to sing, uh, like brown eyed girl. <laughs> um, so, you know, just get people to, to have some fun with me and, you know, when we're done, we're just, just going to post the album and say like, anybody can have it, just listen to it, you know enjoy yourself. I mean, it's kind of what I'm already doing with, with the, the work we do. It's a lot of, it's so public. Um, it's sort of just an extension of like, let's just make something great and share it with people. It sounds like to me that one creative muscle stretches another and, and you're really limitless in what you'll try or what you'll do. <laughs> there also seems to be that there'd be long periods of isolation, including being out of the country and alone and, and uh, you know, areas where you may not speak the language. How, how do you manage that? How do you keep your mental health and your <clears throat> motivation high when you, when you might be alone and not know what's next? Uh, I tell people, <laughs> I tell people that my uh, short attention span is a strength and a weakness. <laughs> um, I, I I'm not great at just sitting down and and let's work on this project for the next ten hours. Um, so it, it helps to to uh, you know work on some creative visual things for a couple hours. Go go in the backyard, look at some plants, uh, work on some music later. Like change changing things up helps a lot. <laughs> Uh, I think just being a, a creative from when I was a kid also means I'm fairly self-motivated uh, in entertaining myself. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty good at it. But it's, uh, yeah, it, it can be a lot of isolation. It's part of why I like, uh, you know, working on music with other people. It's like connection is, is a real big part of, of what uh, makes creativity work for me. And interactive art is, is part of why I got into that is because you can see people reacting to what you do. It's It's kind of the great part of it. It's not... You know, you write a book, you're not sitting there with the person reading it going, oh, look, they're, ha they're enjoying it. You know, you never see that. And <laughs> in commercial work I've done, you know, you don't see people enjoying what you do either. It's, uh, it's part of what's so nice about immersive work. I know that's one of your one of the things that really inspires you is, is seeing people's joy and happiness. And and again, that's so needed in the world today. 
Um, and you also went to school for animation, but you continue to learn. Where where do you continue to learn and hone your skills and develop? So the internet is a fabulous resource, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know it's also just. I think the idea of wanting to improve I, and working in in a competitive like a competitive commercial field, there's always people that are better than you, <laughs> and and you know they're keeping their work fresh. And it's if if you're gonna compete with them, you really need to stay on top of things too. I think that's part of it, but it's also just I I really like learning new things. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I don't want to do the same thing from now until the next 20 years. You know, I want to move along with things as they evolve. It's just what's exciting to me. If someone were starting out today, what would be your advice to them in their creative endeavor? Not necessarily in big scale art, but whatever they might want to do that everyone said you're crazy to do that. <laughs> I hear that I'm crazy to do things all the time. <laughs> Uh, I, I like to say, you know, if, if someone's crazy enough to think of it, I'm the one who's crazy enough to do it. <laughs> but uh, in, in terms of other people who are uh, starting out, I would uh, I would say stick with what is really interesting to you. Like, you know, people talk about being weird, uh, being normal. It's it's like being weird is what makes people interesting. <laughs> and you know, find find something you love and just like dive into it all the way. I mean, there there's people that are you know, they're they're famous for like uh, model trains, <laughs> and it's just their thing, and they and they love it, and they dive into every little thing about it, and you know, uh, pick whatever you love and just and just like dive right in. That's great advice. Well, thank you for your time today. This has been so enlightening. If people want to see examples of your work, if they want to get a hold of you, how do they find you? People can go to georgeberlin.com and check out our work. We have everything we've ever done. Uh, you can go to Instagram to georgeberlinart, uh, where you can see things like I hide uh, little tiny paintings as I travel around the world, so maybe you'll find one. <laughs> how exciting. Well, thank you. Thank you.